saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Cherry's World is brought to you by Less Is More Events. Get live. Welcome to Cherry's World. up cherry's world today we got a fun show in store we will be talking to a grammy award-winning writer who is also an r&b artist and he's going to tell us about his journey in the music industry after that we have a relationship counselor mentors authors and they have a relationship game out mr rufus and jenny triplett will be in the house love and marriage today on cherry's world stay tuned this is cherry's world making memory sales series it's a sale that allows families and people in our communities in any city state or showtime to attend a series of events at a lower price than most, such as like the Trolls Live, Disney on Ice, the Universal Soul Circus, concerts, sports, and more. Contact Less Is More Events at 202-930-3533. Again, that's 202-930-3533. Visit the website, getlimetickets.com. They're on social media, Facebook, IG, Twitter. Less is more events. Get out and live. Hey, if you're listening to Cherry's World Podcast on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, please give us a five star. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review. I want to hear from you. Thank you. Would you like to advertise on Cherry's World and have your product placed on Cherry's social media for the world to see? Email us now at cherriesworldpodcast at gmail.com for low introductory rates. 
Cherry's World Podcast. Get heard. The week that was and this week's trending topics on Sherry's World. Okay, Cherry, I got the message last week. I won't be Courtney with the T this week, all right? I won't be on that. Uh, I got just a few headlines. Uh, and actually, one of them is something that I just saw that's interesting. I'm, I'm just actually finding out about. And I want to get your opinion on um, this is new law in Chicago or Illinois, I should say, called the Coogan Law. It's now affecting Illinois. The Coogan Law, also known as the California Child Actors Bill, is now in effect in Illinois. Illinois is the fifth state to enforce the Coogan Law, joining California, New York, Louisiana, and New Mexico. As of January 1st, 2020, minor performers who live or work in Illinois are required to adhere to the Coogan Law. The Coogan Law stipulates that all performing minors have a Coogan account, i.e. blocked trust account, to hold 15% of their earnings until they reach adulthood. Yes, yes, that Coogan Law. It requires that your trust account for a working child performer with 15% of the child's gross earnings deposited into the trust account to be held for them until they reach the age of i believe 18 not all banks do it you can get it at the sag after credit union the after the actors federal credit union bank of the west city national bank first entertainment credit union morgan stanley union bank of california and wells fargo's also participates in the coogan accounts so if you want your child to be a performer you can no longer just take their money and do with it as you please you have to have that coogan account to protect your child man it's only fair that they don't do all the work for parents to live a hollywood lifestyle and end up broke at 18 because the biggest thing as an actor is we never know when our next job is going to be just because you're working like hot cakes now doesn't mean five years from now you'll be as cute and working at all. So I'm thankful for the Coogan Laws. I'm thankful that my mother was not trying to live vicariously through my life and I didn't grow up to be broke. You think, is this something new that they started in New York? Because they're saying that now, or I'm sorry, in L.A. and New York and everything else, because they're saying now that it just came to Illinois as this year. No, nah, the Coogan account is not new. Probably now that a lot of productions are leaving California, people are just finding out about it. But the Coogan law was actually signed into a law in 1939. But check this out. Here goes a little Hollywood trivia. Coogan was discovered in 1919 by Mr. Charlie Chaplin. Like I said, I'm not going to be Courtney with the T this week. I'm just going to give you some articles and I'll tell you, this one really disturbed me. Former NFL player refers to Donald Trump as the first black president. Retired NFL player turned minister Jack Brewer made a startling statement during a roundtable discussion with Donald Trump at the White House on Thursday, on this is last Thursday, that included supporters from the African-American community. During the Black History Month roundtable, the former NFL safety declared Trump the first black president, a nickname that was originally given to President Clinton by novelist Toni Morrison in 1998 
during his president presidency. He says, Mr. President, I don't mean to interrupt, but I've got to say this because it's Black History Month. Man, you are the first black president. The, com <clears throat> the comment was met with a round of applause from spectators in the room, including Martin Luther King Jr.'s niece, Alveda King. And for those that don't know, uh, Alveda King uh, has been working for Fox News uh, for a very, very long time. That might have something to do with this. Brewer went on to further over Trump saying that the president had changed him and inspired him to become a Republican after years of being a devout Democrat. He says, you changed me, you touched me, and you made my work go to another level. You inspire me, and every time I go into those prisons, I ask my, guy, my guys, how many of them have had their sentences reduced and they raise their hands. I know I'm doing God's work, and I thank you for that. Ah, this is what the guy said to Trump. The Trump campaign has been working overtime to secure the black vote. His campaign announced it will be opening community centers in 15 major cities across the country with large African-American populations. Uh, this story really disturbed me because once again, Trump is taking credit and I'm not saying that he hasn't done anything but prison reform started under President Obama it didn't start under Kim Kardashian Trump wasn't the first one Kanye didn't start this Obama started this he started in 2015 and if you look you know how Trump is uh, commuting a lot of um former celebrities or former uh, politicians or people in his in his own staff. He's been commuting their sentences and pardoning them. If you look at what Obama did as president, he didn't pardon uh, other white-collar criminals or people or politicians or quote-unquote celebrities or whatever like that. He went ac actually into the prisons... <clears throat> he actually went into the prisons and pardoned normal people. I shouldn't say normal people. That might not be the right word. But he actually pardoned everyday people, not people that, that most people have heard of. He pardoned, I can't give you the right number, but he gave like fifteen to 25,000 of pardon. He was the first president to do that. So criminal justice reform and prison reform and all that stuff started under Obama. The difference is Obama doesn't on, on Twitter and on the uh, CNN and Fox News bragging about everything that he was doing. He was just doing it. All right, that's my spill on it. Cherry, what do you think about this black guy on, on uh, during uh, Black History Month? Telling President Trump, who looked very uncomfortable <laughs> when he said this, that you are the first black president. The reality is Trump's campaign has been promising to pay black people and your boy just sold out. Jack Brewer's an ass. Sorry, Courtney with the T, T on that. <laughs> I'm sure 
he was promised some sort of amount of money and um, shows how much he cares about his people. Last story for this week, Cherry. Jennifer Lopez, I know you're a big fan of her, and Alex Rodriguez are in no hurry to get married. They say, what is the rush? About a year ago, social media went on a frenzy because Jennifer Lopez and longtime boyfriend Alex Rodriguez got engaged in the Bahamas. At Oprah Winfrey's 2020 Vision, Your Life in Focus Tour, the singer opened up to Oprah about her her and Rodriguez's future wedding plans. Um, it's so funny, J-Lo uh, says, because when we first got engaged, I was like, oh, we're going to get married in a couple months, she told Winfrey. Like, your old thinking comes right back, like all the hopeless romantics that made me get get married three times. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this story up is we, we're going to be talking relationships later on with our guest. And I have been married for, I think, uh, I've been married 13 years this year. And I am not a, the person who would tell other people to get married. I don't think marriage is for everybody. And I think, I think happiness is for everybody. And a lot of people say, oh, well, you're married, so why don't you tell other people to get married? I don't think everybody should get married. I have a saying, the worst thing two broke people can do is get married. I don't think that, and I honestly think two rich people don't need to be married. But that's just my opinion. I think everybody deserves happiness. I know you feel the same way about J-Lo, and I know you're a big fan. I just want to know what you think about, not necessarily J-Lo and A-Rock. I know you don't care about that. But my statement, I know we're going to talk more about that later on with our guests. But I don't think marriage is for everybody. Marriage is definitely not for everybody. In fact, it is the most important and the scariest contract that you will ever sign. I think that people go into it and they women especially, they spend all this time fantasizing about a wedding and they think about the life after the wedding. A marriage is truly a partnership. I mean, a lot of women, what they don't think about too is if your husband or husband-to-be pays child support, right? Something happens to your husband. He loses his job. Even if he dies, guess who now holds on to that financial responsibility? <laughs> I bet you some of our ladies just started thinking twice as they listen. Yes, ladies, did you know that? Did you know that you occur your man's debt? Which means if you are barely making enough to cover your own household, now you will be responsible for his ex-wife's maybe alimony and his child support. I don't think that's something that most women actually think about when they're fantasizing about marrying the man of their life. Um, yeah, marriage was never something that I uh, really thought about much. I really wanted a Ferrari, if you want to know the truth. All right, last thing I want to do before we get to our guests this week, Cherry, uh, the month of March is also known as Women's History Month. That's right. We moved out of Black History Month to Women's History Month, or as they have been saying, Women's Her Story Month. Uh, and I figured, you know, week to week, uh, we can just 
talk about an influential woman, positive woman, or just, you know, any woman. It doesn't have to be famous, someone you know or someone I know, whatever, you know, and just, uh, you know, pay homage to them for uh, Women's History Month. So I'll go first, and I would like to pay homage to none other than Cherry Johnson for women's for the first week of Women's History Month. Cherry Johnson is an American actress. Uh, she's better known for her roles in Punky Brewster, playing Punky's best friend, Cherry, and also known for roles in uh, Family Matters, playing the best friend of Laura Winslow, Laura Winslow, Maxine Johnson. Cherry Johnson is a writer, a blogger. Cherry Johnson is, is also a podcast host. Her sidekick is pretty cool, too. Cherry Johnson is a writer, producer, filmmaker. Cherry Johnson is one of the most humblest, down-to-earth, not just women, but people you can ever meet. And she's like, she's a celebrity, whether she wants to admit it or not. But she's so down-to-earth. And she deserves more recognition then she gets but also she's not a mark for herself because she doesn't really care for the attention you know uh for me personally cherry johnson um someone who i grew up on you know and i was one of those young boys who fantasized about cherry johnson so to think that i get a chance to work with her week to week on a podcast it's pretty dope but uh i would have never thought something like this would happen and, you know, I grew up in that era, the 90s era, all those beautiful women. And to see Cherry and be able to work with Cherry and see how, you know, intelligent she is, how witty she is. She does this podcast with no pad or paper, guys. <laughs> she does this podcast with no pad or paper. You know what I mean? She does this stuff off the dome as we say in hip-hop and it's just a it's so amazing to sit back and just watch you know you know one of the greats do their thing and i just you know i i come in with all this stuff and i just watch her you know go off the dome and do this she's a hell of a person that's all i can say and it's an honor to be working with her cherry's a lot of things but one of the things i know she is most proud of is being a mother and not only is she a mother she's a homeschool mother and that is like a a very good passion of hers so this month my first person that i'm going to talk about this month is none other than cherry johnson it is an honor to be working with you uh glad to have met you a couple years ago Thank you for bringing me on the team. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, you know, show some love to Cherry Johnson. Although she doesn't ask for it or doesn't want it, she deserves it. Cherry Johnson, my first inductee for Cherry's World podcast of uh, honoring women for the month of March, uh, Women's History Month. 
Oh, thank you, Courtney. That is so sweet. I'm actually really blushing. You know, for Women's History Month, I have to give it up to my mother, Miss Lynn Johnson, who dedicated her life for 40 years to cancer and Alzheimer's patients. Alzheimer's is the biggest epidemic in the world that we do not speak about, that I will make sure that we do have a show about. But instead of calling it Alzheimer's, my mother likes to say that she dedicated her life to helping people in reminiscence. Reminiscing is one of the best ways to help treat Alzheimer's patients to keep them happy you reminisce about the good times in their life my mother would even play you know it's so hard as their caregiver oftentimes they don't realize that she is a caregiver maybe she becomes someone in their past life who they really enjoyed and sometimes she's become their children um, other times she became school teachers all kind of people, but she's helped many, many live a life full of reminiscing. So big shots out to my mama, Lynn Johnson. Besides from my mama, I need to give it up to Miss Shirley Chisholm. And I hope I said your name right, because she was the first black woman elected into Congress in 1968. And she was the first black woman to ever run for for presidency. So give it up. For our sister, Miss Shirley Chrism, because of you, and we're all on this election hype, I was able to take my daughter to the polls with me, and she actually held up a sign with her name on it and said, vote for me for president. So maybe one day my daughter's going to run for Congress. She might go for presidency, whatever. But because of women like you, you have even made the idea possible for my mama. So big ups to Miss Shirley Chisholm. Thank you. And thank you, Courtney. This is Cherry's World. If you are a faithful listener of Cherry's World podcast, but you want more or you want to see the shows first, please join us and subscribe to our page on Patreon. Not only will you get to see the shows, but you'll get to see them before anybody else. Fever Magazine, a sexy yet sophisticated lifestyle magazine for the modern man and woman. Fever Magazine is available on newsstands nationwide and Amazon Kindle. Subscribe now for VIP access and rewards at FeverMagazine.com. Welcome to Cherry's World. I'm just going to jump right into your interview. Surviving marriage. Yeah. How long have you guys been married? 95. Huh? What? What? It feels like 95. No, the song goes 1989 was the number. I ain't no sucker. Another summer. Something like yeah, that. Who? Something like that. It's been 30 years. 30, 30, 30. <laughs> wow. 30, 30. 30 years. That is beautiful. Courtney's a married man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We need to know how do you keep <laughs> okay? How do you keep these relationships going for thirty years? And it ain't the, see when we say thirty years. When I I'm tell you when I used to think thirty years, I think my grandparents who had separate bedrooms. You know, yes. I go visit my, my grandfather upstairs and my grandma was downstairs. My grandparents had separate houses. So. <laughs> We wanted to be an example of a nice, thriving 30-year marriage, still in the same room, 
still get along, still can work together, all of that good stuff. Same bed. So, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that. I had, didn't want that other 30 years. We had an eight year old that visited us and walked by our room, and she looked across and saw the other room. She's like, So, one room is his room, and one room is your room? I was like, No, this is both our room. That's the gaming room over there. She was like, You you guys still sleep in the same room, in the same bed? And that's coming from an eight year old. So, you know, I I don't understand where that comes from, but first of all, what the hell you all doing in my bedroom? <laughs> I'll tell you where it comes from. Because <laughs> you're walking through my house like that now. My kids don't. My kids, well, my sons, they think that our bed is their bed, and I be I'll get them out, and they come right back in. Yeah, they birth oh, control. No. We stopped. Well, that no, at it a depends young age. on how how old though. Yeah, we we stopped that at a young age. No, no, no. Now how how young? How young? <laughs> They were, they were two. They were oh, two. See, oh, they yeah. were little. I ain't going to even tell you the age mine is. Mine is five, and she's still in the bed. Oh, no, no, no. We made sure they slept in their crib as much as possible. Some of them, you know, we had three boys, so they had, some of them had problems sleeping at night. So they would either sleep on my chest or by me or something like that. But we pushed them out as much as possible, as much as possible. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, by the time, by the time they were three, they were all in their own bed. Wow, I done failed. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, different strokes for different folks. Oh, right. <laughs> I love it. So better, better y'all than us, though. Better y'all. <laughs> One of the best-selling books out, Surviving Marriage. And now you also have a game, Surviving Marriage. Tell me about this. It's a communication game, right? Girl, yeah, people didn't know how to communicate. It's a card game. Well, what we when we put out the book, first of all, we didn't know how, you know how many people needed or wanted or was going to gravitate towards the book because, you know, when you're not a Stephen King or a Maya Angelou or, you know, something like that. Oh, the roof is tripping. Yeah, you were and they know you now, but they didn't know us then and you're just wondering who's going to buy your book because every, everybody's publishing books these days. And so, you know, you don't wonder who's going to buy your book. And when people started buying it and started seeing on the Amazon bestsellers, so it was like, okay, I think we got something here. You know, I think we got a little something here. So then that book went to a workbook. So we have a workbook that goes along with it as well. And now we're finding that even with the book and the workbook, that we're in this 21st century age and people don't know how to communicate. Yeah, they're giving like one-liners and we stuff. We have a like, failure to communicate. Hey, we're in the tech age. Yeah, well, what do they call that when you give a... a just a, a one, blank. Yeah, no, one liner or. Oh, just, yeah. Well, it's not really. On TV. A on TV will be. Oh. What like they call it? I, know, I know what you're saying. What'd you say? Like a log line? No. Just, he's saying, and when you respond, it's just like one line, like, okay. And they yeah. can loop back to it. And, Fine. Uh, you know. No, 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 like no. That. Not like that. I'm no. talking about. Girl, I can't look. Go ahead, because I can't remember what the name. Because when we on TV, they say we give good. Talking points. You're talking points, but they call mm -hmm. them something else. But anywho. So we're finding that this age of people has a failure to communicate. So we created the game. We have 99 questions for one great conversation. So it's 99 cards. And what we're finding with the game is that people are just absolutely loving it because it makes them talk. You got to think. Like, it's not, you, you can't just give me any old answer. And if you give me any old answer, then we got a rebuttal. 
Give me an situation. example. Let, give me an example. Let's play real quick. Okay. Because uh, we, we just played it. We had a marriage retreat uh, retreat last weekend, and we just played it uh, with a couple weeks. So, sold out, like, like immediately just sold out all, all of our games, okay? So one, one great question is, um, you find that there's money missing in your account, and there's bottles of alcohol coming up around the house. How do you talk to your mate about that? <laughs> See, because we're in the age, like, I'm going straight in when this fool come home yeah. and we finna have this conversation. No, that's that's not how you do it because we all know that alcoholism is a, it's an addiction and it's a disease. Yeah, but also you don't know anything behind it. He could be keeping those bottles for his partner. You know, you don't right. Could you could be don't covering know, up for somebody else. You don't know what the explanation is. So well, it, hold up, hold up. He keeping some bottles for his partner. Why I had to pay for them? Uh, I failed already. Well, well, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know the excuse you're gonna come up with. We gotta find out what that is. We gotta find out what that is. Okay, give me one for the females. Let me let me see how I'm gonna respond. That's good. That's good what she said, but you're gonna automatically say just exactly what you said. Um, oh, this coming from the money comes from this house, and these oh no, we should have deal with this. Right. So what it does is it sparks conversation and we kind of guided the couple through so they could see how to talk about it. Because before you get into an argument over things, before you uh, say, I'm calling my lawyer, before you do lawyering, we do counseling, you know, and, and have conversations as to how to tackle these hard I keep These telling people issues. I don't call my lawyer four times in this one. Four times? Hmm? <laughs> hey, I want to try one. Give me one for like something a woman would do. I want to try. Okay. Say um, you want to eat out, but your mate wants to order Uber Eats. How do you compromise? Uh, that's, that's that's not a good one. That's not a good one. Give me another one. Because I, <laughs> I don't Right. That, and, if you pull the question, you gotta answer. I gotta answer. Oh, so he would just let her order Uber Eats. Yeah, I, I would because I wouldn't. Yeah, that's not a big deal to me. So yeah, go ahead and order it. I mean, yeah, no it, problem. It, it may not. It, it may not be a big deal to you, but when you're planning with your mate, it may be a different discussion. Yeah. It may be I, a different discussion. You you never know. Well, I, that, this that's what I was okay. saying. Okay, like, here's here's a good one for you. Here's a good one for you. Your mother-in-law falls ill, and she doesn't want to stay with anybody but your wife what do you do i move her in because like we already did so I, I need some harder ones you gotta i've been married for, <laughs> i've been married 13 that's, years so i need i need a hard one. 13 so i need a hard okay one. that's not an easy question for a lot of people yeah it's easy for me wow. I love my mother yeah, courtney's a really good guy it's my yeah, mother-in-law listening she know i love her and, and if you have that type of communication again Mm -hmm. It's those people that have really hard communication with each other and don't know how to talk to each other. Don't some people don't know mm -hmm. what to ask. I like need a tough one. I want to. I want to try myself. Give me a tough one. I want a real tough one. <laughs> so I'm probably the bad communicator between the two of us because I have issues dealing with my feelings. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It it does help with feelings. Like one of the questions that um the couple had pulled was um. What is your motivational model? Money. That's 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 a thing. What is your model? Like his the and the, the husband pulled it and his model was never give up. 
That was his motivation. So in order to foster conversation, so we asked him, how did you never give up on your marriage? How did your spouse never give up on your marriage? Give us, you know, some examples. How is it? It can't just be something that you say, I'm walking out the door and I'm starting a car. Never give up. What does that mean in context? I got a question. Look how she elaborated, though. And I gave the one money. What's your See, motivation? I got a question. Though. <laughs> I, got a, I got a serious question. So let's just say, let's just say, um, like Cherry came in, right? And let's just say, hypothetically speaking, I'm Cherry's husband, right? Now Cherry is an actress, and you playing this game with her. If she wants to make some, if she wants to make me look bad, she could do it because she's an actress. So how do you know between no. somebody's BSing? Yeah. And somebody um, you you don't the, th- the the theme of the game is to be honest and and it's it's to foster conversation and there are no winners there are no winners the winner is conversation because okay, so it's not so it's not to make one side look worse and the other side look better exactly it's to foster conversation no. in the relationship because we talk to so many people i mean we've helped over two thousand couples but, and we find that a lot of people are not asking the right questions they're not having tough conversations. But I'm gonna give you enough, I'm gonna give you a little bit more on this conversation. While the couple was sitting there, the wife wanted to say, Well, look, you know how you do it. And whoa, whoa, you try to tell him what he thinking. We don't want you to tell him. We, you know, because now, now we're figuring out she's more involved in trying to uh, she said she had to coach him to uh, say what he's gonna say. No, we want him to say whatever's on his mind. Right. If it sounds stupid, it sounds stupid, and, but it's on his mind. And leave the floor open for people to talk. Don't just try to dominate the conversation. I have to stick up for actors real quick, though, Courtney, because you're talking about how to <laughs> acting. We only act when we're getting paid. So if I'm in couple <laughs> therapy. Oh, oh, so the other stuff be real, huh? Yeah. But but isn't that but but Cherry? Just think about it. Have haven't you been in a situation? They'd be like, okay, act like this. And so, I mean, so they in can't really get you. They they can't really get you on nothing. You know what I mean? No, that's not true. In a relationship, no. Because oh. I'm not, I, I only act when I'm getting paid. If he's not paying me, this is real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we in relationship counseling for a reason. Now, I, I will tell you, I <laughs> one of my shortcomings is I don't argue. Right. And... Even when things are important to me, I just don't argue because I have anger issues and I know that I have them. So I just choose to shut down. And I know that that's not always fair to the other person to shut down and kind of like put them on the shelf and come back to them later. How can you explain to somebody, I'm not ignoring you. I'm not trying to make it seem like this conversation is not important to me. I just can't have it now. I need to have it later. Well, we always tell couples to take time because sometimes it's not a good time to have a conversation. That's part of our book. I learned the hard way. Yeah, that's part of our book because you have all these gurus out here telling you, oh, what's the great key to marriage and different things? Oh, communication, communication. But they never tell you how. They never tell you how to communicate. So we go more into detail and in letting people know that timing 
Timing is a big part of it. You know, when, when uh, if, if a man has been working out and it's hard, first of all, for an African-American man, and if he's been experiencing road rage, road rage you guys are, are in California. We've been in California several times. I've been road rage on the 405. I mean, I've had, I don't drive out there no more. Know, yeah, he don't even drive no more. Mm -hmm. I have to drive. If we get a rental car, I have to drive everywhere we go. I understand the traffic and everything. And so if you hit the door, and the first thing you're hearing is I mean, just it's not a good time to have a conversation. That is it's just it's just not. You know, you gotta give a person, you know, 30 minutes. Well, no, they say somebody said a couple of hours. I said, no, it could be a couple of days. Yeah, it's I mean, just, I'm just saying it, 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 it may <laughs> it may not be a right time, and you have to wait until that person. Is, is ready, ready to, to have that conversation. Also, tone. Okay, some of us don't know how to watch our tone. I used to didn't, you know. And and in the days of this, because this was never back in the eighties, you know. And and all of the and we, and we act like that ain't tone. Tone, oh, that's right. still tone of inflection and everything that's going on. You have to watch how you are, your body language, and everything, and that you're communicating with someone. Because otherwise, it's it's not going to go good. The person is not going to be receptive. And you're going to say, you know, "All I said saying. was, but it was how you said it." Okay, so now we going here. Okay, we're there. All right. Yeah. That's my mama. My mama was big. <laughs> what you say is how you say it. <laughs> what do y'all think about couples? And this is a, uh, I know a couple like they're no longer a couple. I don't think, but as a lot of couples that do this, they don't really have a real relationship, but they got a great social media relationship. <sighs> they talk all on social media, but they don't talk at home. Well, you know, we addressed this too just this past weekend. Jody. The relationship goals and that kind of thing. Um, last year, we almost, we really needed to call it the year of divorce because we knew several couples, several couples that got divorced. Several, I mean, numerous couples. A lot of couples had been married over 10 years and everything on social media was fine. Everything was wonderful. And then all of a sudden you're hearing we're getting divorced or we're no longer together. You're looking up like, what happened? Exactly. What happened? You know, where 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 did it all go wrong? Y'all were just in Paris. You know, <laughs> was that the, you know, was that the farewell trip? You know, we wasn't privy to that. What, you know, what was that all about? So yeah, it's people are not gonna put their worst on social media, but I think there's a lot of facades on social media. And a lot of people think the fairy tale of what they see of couples goals and different things like that. And so you have to choose your, your role models wisely. I think we keep it 100 with people. <laughs> and let it, I keep it 100. <laughs> we keep it 100 and um, letting people know, don't you know feed into the fairy tale that you're going to have. That's the whole model of surviving marriage, that you're going to have some ups and downs. And I let people know, Somebody survived bankruptcy last year. You know, somebody survived a miscarriage. Somebody survived, somebody's marriage survived death of a parent. You know, somebody lost their dog. Somebody got fired from their job. You know, it's just, it was a lot of the, and, and, and 
the, um, let me talk to, because our sweet demographic is like 25 to 35 year olds. We don't know why they find us and follow us, but we got a whole bunch of them that follow us. Big I time. do, they think I'm young. Yeah, big time, okay? But a lot of them will say, why survive in marriage? I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. I want to thrive in my marriage. I'm like, okay, well, get back to me after you've had some adult children, because you haven't even gotten, first of all, you don't have a marriage yet, okay? Secondly, get back to me after you've had some adult children, and them adult children have tried you, okay? Got to move back in, call it for money, or how about you get that call? This call is originating from a correctional facility, and um, may be subject to um, uh, recording or monitoring, okay? How about that? Okay, let me know how your marriage, because you got one partner that pacifies, you know, the, the child, and one that's just like, I ain't having it, I'm done, okay? So let me know when your marriage, you know, get into that type hey, of survival. You're going to survive mode. something. Mm -hmm. If you marry, you're going to survive something, something within that marriage. I got my last question for y'all is this. Now, I've been married since 2007, but I've been knowing, I've been with my girl since, like, the, the 90s, late 90s. But I'm not an advocate for marriage. Like I'm the opposite of y'all. I wouldn't. I don't tell people to get married. I, as a matter of fact, I don't even recommend it for everybody. And they'd be like, "Well, well, you're married." I said, "Yeah, but that's because I've been with mine forever. If I hadn't, I just don't." What do you say to people like me who <laughs> am I? I'm a, am I a hypocrite? Because I don't. Well, I, don't I, I say, it. I say, I took this stance because of what they did to the black family in America. And when they, they separated us and they uh, drug us off and they, they, they wanted us to have that breakdown so they can have a little bit more control. When the black family was together back in the day, True. Man, they were tight. We were tight. So I'm, 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 I'm an advocate for marriage just for that alone. Gotcha. Not only do I see the beauty of making it 30 years with someone, and when you get past all those negative years or you trying each other and doing this, and I see um, the after we survived it, we're thriving now. When I see that, I want more people to, to see that and feel that. But they broke us down too long, brother. We need we need more marriages to sustain. I'm talking about the black family needs to come back as a whole. But, but before marriage, though, I think we just need to respect and love each other before you even get to the marriage part. And I think that's what a lot of people miss. They want the wedding. They want the ring and red. Oh, they want the pomp and circumstances for sure. Yeah, but you got respect and right in that sense. Um, you're, you're right in that sense. There's, there's really nothing else to say. You're right in that sense. A lot of people want the pomp. They don't want. They don't want the the, the hard grit, work. The work the that comes with it. Come with it. Right. I used to. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily a reason for people not to get married. I think that's necessarily for people to know the truth, to know the truth about marriage. What is the truth about marriage? <laughs> it's work. The truth is, yeah, you got to put in the work. work. Just like you work twenty years on a job, mm -hmm. I started looking at my marriage in that same way. Like I got to put in the work if I want to get to twenty years, and I started putting in the work. But you got to put in the work. That's the thing about marriage that people don't, a lot of people don't understand. Because we're bringing two different people together. Mm -hmm. And God knew, oh, this, this might, okay. it's going to be an issue, but they're going to have to work this out. And either we're going to work it out or we're not. But I just hope most of us. It's really that simple, right? Either we're going to work this out or we're not. 
Yeah, and a lot of people choose not to, and they go their separate way. And that's so, why we had divorce. But then you see so much bitter talk about marriage when it wasn't necessarily marriage that's a bad thing. It was, it was those the individuals two people that were right. in the marriage. It was not the marriage. <laughs> it was them two people in that yes. marriage. It was not the marriage. God didn't create anything bad. We we make what He created bad. Absolutely, y'all unschooled me. So it's okay to not tell him, hey, bro, I need a minute. I just need to oh, that's, That is perfect. Hey, you better, you better for your sanity. Exactly. Because if you do it, like you said, you know you. If you do right. it right then, right. oh, it be about to pop off. But your sanity and his. So it's for both of y'all. Yeah, hey, and the sooner I understood that, that, woo, I think I better go play the game right now. Um, The better we were when we finally did communicate, the better we were. I hope y'all got some harder questions in that game when I get it, man. Cause I, I don't know. Hey, some of this stuff, a lot of people when they they say, I would have never thought of that. Yeah. But again, it's you don't in a marriage, this game is about in a marriage, you don't know what situation you might be in, encountered. You have no idea. So again, a lot of people didn't think they were marrying a crackhead, but they ended up with a crackhead. So they had to deal with some stuff that they never think they were gonna have to deal with. Courtney and I just got off the off with a young man who is my friend who I did not know do, did drugs. And I heard from hearsay and I asked him on air. I was like, were you high when you were around me? Courtney, am I lying? Yeah. Like, I had no idea. He was like, yeah, I did PCB. Oh, wow. Around me? He said, I mean, not in front of you. Wow. Hey, that's... And you find out those things in your marriage. I wasn't married, thank God. Yeah, yeah. And then just saying that comes out in people's marriages and like, okay, it's like, what do you do? You know? Okay, here, I got I got a tough question for you. Since y'all, since y'all questions ain't tough for me. He got a he got a porn addiction. You just found out he loved porn. What you gonna do? I think that's one of our questions. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. I thought I said <laughs> Now, if somebody, if we have a couple who wants to reach out to you guys for relationship counseling, how do they get in touch with you? They can find us across social media at Rufus and Jenny. They can also go to our website, RufusandJennyTriplet.com. We're Googleicious, Rufus and Jenny. I love it. And do you guys, um, will you guys counsel single people? Before they No, that was fake. I was He's the actor. See, we got some single people out here who feel like, you know, this is a pitiful turning point in their life and they are ready to get into serious relationships. I think that it would be. We actually get. When we do events, we besides for marriage trees, if we do just do like marriage talks and different things like that, more people, single people show up than married people. More single people have actually purchased the book. And they be thinking we're going to give them the keys to a successful marriage. Hard work. <laughs> they don't know why. They're trying to get out of it. No, a lot of single people reach out to us via social media asking different things. I have a question. I've been in a relationship. My boyfriend is, or that, I mean, it's just tons of single people asking us different things. And as a matter of fact, we're getting ready to do a podcast on it, on our DMs, because our DMs stated. 
<laughs> so how do how do they find your podcast if they want to listen to it? Okay, we're on all podcast platforms. Um, we're in the top 100 relationship podcasts on Apple Charts on Apple. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and it's Surviving Marriage Podcast. Amazing. So Courtney and I, we're going to ask you to come back again, but we're going to be playing these games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, as a matter of fact, we need to play on air with Courtney. But see, you need your wife, though. She ain't yeah. going to play. She ain't going to play. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> nah, she don't play. She ain't gonna play. See, that's what makes it. That's well, how we find out see, the real. See, I know that about my wife, so I wouldn't yeah, even my, bring her to nothing like that. My I, no, 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 no. But but some people <laughs> bought the game to uh, play with their spouse. Um, but we have single people that's buying it, that's trying it out like speed dating. Right, right. They're taking questions and asking the person that they're wow. um, they're wanting to get yeah. with. And they're taking these yeah. questions and using like, them because they like, don't know. They like, saying, "I don't know what to ask." Too. Like speed, not only speed dating events, but also like for like dinner dates and stuff. Like afterwards, let's say, "Let's play this game," you know, and asking questions so they can kind of get where they're. They literally told us is. that they're doing this. I was like, yes. "Wow, man, really? It's all good." Wow. We want to play with you guys today, but at the marriage retreat, we sold out all of our games, and she gonna sell the uh, what was the. One couple wanted it so bad they're doing a Super Bowl event this weekend, a couple sing or whatever. So they wanted our sample. Like the box was all tore up. I mean the box travels with us wherever we go. It's been all the Paris. All in her purse. It's been in my purse everywhere we went and everything. So the box just the cards are fine, but the box was just a little bit torn. I said, I don't feel right. I don't feel right. So you just worried about the box. We don't care. We don't care. We want the game. I love it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm gonna be bugging you, and I'm gonna be listening to that podcast because I got some stuff I need to work on. <laughs> don't, don't laugh no, too we hard. We love it. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank Bye. you. This is Cherry's world. If you haven't yet, you need to check out Shy Figaro's Couture. It boasts with a distinctive line of contemporary apparel and accessories that represents beauty, sex appeal, with a daring look that orchestrates the message of confidence. Shy Figaro Couture is all about uniqueness. They create an extreme passion for fashion, and each piece in their collection has a unique story of its own. You know what makes them unique is that they focus on the distinctive and trendy silhouette that influences the way people dress if you want to know where i got my secret pieces in my closet make sure you check out shyfigaro.com welcome to cherry's world i am definitely a fan and so is courtney oh man yes yes major yes, man. So can we start from the beginning, like way, usually Courtney likes to go way back, but I'm really interested in knowing Cyrus the man. Cyrus, okay. you are from the Ivory Coast? No, I'm from Liberia. I grew up in the Ivory Coast, though. <laughs> can you tell me, I know your family left Liberia because there were some issues, right? Yeah, because of the war. Yeah, so, um. So I was born in Rhode Island and then moved right out. Like they didn't even let me turn like <laughs> freaking five months. Like I was out of there and I grew up in Liberia. So um, 
the war started and we were forced to move. So we moved to Ivory Coast. And um, basically that's when I kind of started, you know, learning French and learning other culture, culture, cultures, <laughs> apart from the Liberian stuff, you know. And then from Ivory Coast, we moved to Ghana. Basically, you could say it was looking for stability, a place that just, you know, fit us properly. Absolutely. That's what that was because Liberia was in war. We tried to come to America, but they wouldn't give, um, you know, my mom and my siblings and my dad the um, their visas. For some reason, they just would not give us the visas wow. at all, yo. And so we would move. So we moved to Ghana. We tried it, getting it over there, and nothing happened. And then we just a few years later, when was that? 90, 93, 94, we moved back to Liberia. And around this time, the shelling from the, the war had the city looking a little different, like almost like a little Iraq, a little bit. Right. If you, if you think that's how the, but just in a more rural, you know, type of thing with city, you know, this is crazy. So, um, so we're back in Liberia trying to start all over. My parents divorced. So that was a little, you know, different, you know, that was new, new territory. Um, and then boom, the war started again. And this time we actually experienced it now. That was the difference. Like oh, wow. I'm talking about by hearing rockets, I'm talking about all of that stuff. And then um, we had to figure out what we we're going to do. You know, in in the span of two days, we had to figure out how were we gonna do it. Um, at one point, we got separated from our, our parents. Like it was like man, it was crazy. Like you ever seen the, the movies with the people walking with the with the suitcases and the women carrying the stuff on their head and they're walking for miles. Yeah, like yeah. I'm talking that type of stuff. <laughs> and and um, hotel, hotel Rwanda, I was maybe thirteen. Wow. And how many yeah, siblings do you have? Um, in total, it's five. But, you know, my mom had three, me, my brother, and my sister. So that's who, you know, I was with. The rest weren't, you know, some weren't born and some were in Europe. Okay. Thank you. That's what I'm so, trying to, I'm trying to set the tone so that our audience yeah. can picture exactly what was going on. So you got separated yeah. from parents. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, so we're separated for like a day. That was like the first time we ever been separated from both parents, but like in a situation like that, it's not like where we're staying with our aunt or something like that. It was like, literally, we didn't know where, where they were and they didn't know where we were, period, <laughs> you know? Um, so we finally got back in touch with each other. We, I seen my mama hanging at the, on the back of a truck <laughs> filled with rebels driving through the streets trying to find us, you know? And then, you know, we found our mom, you know, and then that we made the decision that I was going to come to America because I was born here. And when you're an American citizen, you're able to send back for your family after if you stay for a year. Um, and so that was a plan we we're trying to get in motion. And so um, I was evacuated by the Marines. It came down, everything in the trucks, the CIA dudes, everything. Uh, it was like a convoy. They took us to the American embassy, got in the helicopter, and I left Liberia at night, and the city was on fire when I was leaving, and I cried. <laughs> and when you say you left, does that mean you left by yourself? I left with my mom. Your mother. 
Wow. Just me and my mom. Yeah. And that, like, I, I'll never forget us walking away and my brother just couldn't take the pain. He just turned around and just ran and, and was holding on to someone while we were walking away. You know, like, that's that's some pain right there for you, boy. Man. And so um, I come to America, Boston. Um, well, first, well, I mean, the process was we went to Senegal and then transferred and got on the plane and came to New York and then Boston. So um, basically started over. We stayed at my uncle's house, um, well, apartment, you know, and that's how life started. Be you know, in America began for me. Um, my brother and sister were able to come down, um, I think two years or a year later. Thank God. <clears throat> yes, they were able to come, come down and we were all finally together. But remember my, my parents were separated. And so my father, he just stayed behind, you know what I mean? In Liberia and around 90, yeah, I came in, I came in 95. So from 95 to 96. My father ended up, you know, just staying there with my my brother and sister. And then when they finally came, you know, it was just just different, you know, basically like our dad is all the way over there and it's just us here. So it was a little tough, you know, basically, you know, her trying to take care of all three of us on her own. So it wasn't easy, you know, and then I started singing. And so she brought me to the Apollo Theater one day, you know, um, she had a few of my friends in the van and she just drove down with my uncle to New York and I did a amateur night and I won. <laughs> I mean, the dream and, and there the dream begins. So who was the first artist that you got to work with? Um it was a process because um I ended up signing a record deal at 18. So I didn't get into songwriting until 2000, maybe say 10. Oh, wow. So 11. that, now how so did that you accomplish all that in such a, I mean, 10 year span, but in a 10 year span, you didn't start songwriting. Yeah, I didn't start. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see what happened when, um, when I went to the Apollo Theater, I ended up meeting a group of guys who were already a singing group. They were already put together and they were the guests for the night. And that was my first time actually seeing a singing group live. And I thought they were so amazing. And their manager, he slipped me his card and he said, we're from Boston. You know, I would love to work with you down the line, whatever, you know, a year, a year goes by and he reaches out to me and say, Hey, I want to work with you. Long story short, I ended up in that group. And then we left that manager and then we got a record deal. <laughs> wow. So, but you know, I, I signed with Interscope. Um, so during that time, um, that's when, you know, I went, that was pretty much my learning experience because that, you know, I had no parental supervision around, you know, and I had my, and my father passed away right when I signed. So, that's another, so like I was basically in, I just finally got a record deal and then my dad dies. Damn. So I'm like, um, I was 19. Wow. Yeah. So like, I'm like, it's like back to back, like I'm getting like rib cage shots and it, you know, and I didn't know how to even 
understand it. So um, I think I was still basically trying to find myself and figure out who I was during that time. You you don't know nothing at 19 no. at all, at mm-hmm. all. You don't know nothing. And so we leave Boston and they take us to California with zero supervision. You hear me? <laughs> so so I'm in here. So I'm here. We, we, you know, what got us to where we were was our dedication, you know, and our focus and our nonstop. When we got to California, the admis- the environment messed all that up. Like through it, like it was a wrap, you know. And I stopped. I, I stopped believing that I could even sing. At one point, I, I just, what note do you want me to sing? Okay, cool. Now I'm in the living room playing a video game or something. Like it got that bad. Like I didn't want to do nothing. And then it, it it was just it was terrible. And then when what happened is when everything came screeching down, when everyone went their separate way, and I'm like. Well, I'm not going to just give up on my dream because I remember the promise I made to myself when I was getting evacuated by the Marines. I said, I'm going to go to America to do music. <laughs> I remember saying that to myself sitting, wow. you know, and and so I think the, the, the I think when it hit me is when the group broke up. Um, I called one of the guys. I said, yo, man, my friend has a um, carpet cleaning company. And what they do is they, they go down to homes that get destroyed by storms. And they they clean it up and you know like the water the recovery the water um water damage, mm. and so we drove around you know, I'm um, I'm skipping a few things but we drove around America and didn't get one job during that time I'm thinking like what am I doing, you know I'm not gonna you know what I'm gonna give this one more shot I'm not gonna give up, and I haven't stopped since, so where things changed um, you know I. I always, you know, used to love songwriting, you know, during that time I was in California, I would write with, I would write to myself. I would keep it. I wouldn't like really share it. Cause when I did share it, it was like, yeah, it was, it was like, yeah, you know what I mean? It wasn't taken serious. So that was also a part of the thing that made you go close up. You know what I mean? So I think what year it was, I started, you know, I started meeting different people now in the industry who would give me pointers. And I met this one guy, his name is Marcus Heiser. Marcus Heiser, you know, I tell everybody, he saved my life. You know, um, he was one of the A&Rs for 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying. And he said, you have talent, Cyrus, you know. Um, so he gave me some beats. And from, what I think it was a Red Spider beat. I, have, I don't even know who that is, but I remember the beat that said Red Spider. And, and I started learning how to write. And he started showing me how to put my songs together properly. Like, no, no, like I would have to write songs like three, four times just to get it right. Absolutely. And, and since then, he's to this day, he's still, you know, rocking with me. Like, you know what I mean? Now I just send him songs and he'd be like two thumbs up in a text. Normally he would call and be like, yo, yo, yo. But now the songs are good. So he's like, hey, you're good to go. So, <laughs> so yeah. it's good. <laughs> trend on Cherry's World because we talk to a lot of artists and entertainers. Manifestation is like a huge yes. thing in entertainment. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. were in Nigeria, you were talking about how you were coming to America to do music. Do you believe that yep. you have to manifest your destiny? Um, I feel like I've manifested a good part of it. Um, like the the I believe, you know, 
I manifested it to a certain point, but now I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I want to be successful in music. Cause I remember I would say, I just want to do music, but I didn't really go into detail. <laughs> That's how yeah, I'm looking exactly. at it now. You got to be, so, be specific. So I said, you know, when I get out of high school, I want to get a record deal. Sherry, I got it. I got a record deal right out of high school. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and another thing, you know, before we got the record deal, when we when we left the first manager, you know, we all sat down at this place in Boston called Dudley Square. It was like around 3 a.m. And I think this moment showed me how much, like you said, manifestation and and speaking, you know, the positive in a, in a universe. It works because we said, yo, we're tired of doing shows in Boston. Let's go get a record deal. And our the oldest dude in the group, we got someone's one of his cousin's car drove to um New York and we met Puff Daddy that same day. <laughs> I swear, we met Puffy the same day. Um we met well first it was a street team that heard us singing downstairs at the Virgin Building. Um who by the way is like my best friend to this day. His name is Rome. Um and he takes us up, you know, to Puff, met Puff's bodyguard. He takes us to Puff. I sing for him. Well, I mean, we sung for him. Then, you know, we sang for his um, Harf Pierre, the other producer, and nothing really came out of it. But what came out of it was it showed us that it is possible. So fast forward now, you know, we're like, it, it can happen. So when everything fell apart for me, you know, we so, sort of kind of forgot that it, it it was possible you could speak it, you know, like we had, I basically had gone through some traumatic stuff, you know what I mean? And so I basically had to rebuild just my whole way of thinking and belief in self. Like it was, it was a lot, you know, from the trauma of not really fully mourning my, my father, like all of that came immediately after my group broke up, you know what I mean? Like, so I slipped into like a little bit of a depression, but thank God I didn't do no drugs. I didn't do alcohol. I still don't smoke to this day. You know, I, I feel like I got blessed a little bit because I didn't mess with none of those things, you know, cause I'm like, I want to make it, I want to succeed. So I have to be clear minded. Right. And, Absolutely. and, and so, you know, that was, you know, that was a, important for me. So 2011, I got my publishing deal with universal um well, the but, artist that was supposed to get wait, what wait, happened not to cut you off but i feel like you're skipping some stuff keisha coles it says 2005 yes yeah 2005 we did a duet because we we're label mates so the singing group did a duet with keisha cole and she took us on tour with her and um and was <laughs> it was a yep and that happened so that gave me the little bit of experience you know so you, the manifestation is real, man. And so after that, you know, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn how to write. You know, I remember telling people, I'm going to go into songwriting, you know, because I never did fully, you know, groom properly, you know, as a singer, as a songwriter or anything, you know, because remember I told you when I joined the group, they were already put together. They were already tight. Right. So during that whole time in the group, I didn't really, you know, stretch my wings or, or really nothing. So when everything fell and I had to stand on my own too, that's when I started to see, oh, I, mean, I really, whoa, I'm actually really good. What the, you know what I mean? Hold on. <laughs> I like, like, I'm serious. Like I would, I remember coming from the studio 
and running to my my girlfriend and saying, "Listen to this! Can you believe this shit?" You know, because I didn't, be- I couldn't even believe that it was me. You know, <laughs> like listen, it sounds fire, and she'll be listening. You know, like yo, it's dope. And so, um, and what was the name of the group? The group was called Metro City. Metro City. He got his start Metro with Metro City. Yeah, Metro City. Did you know? You know. Boston, you know did your Boston connection, because um, you say you did everything with Boston, is that how you met up with D, Delbe DeVoe? No, here's the funny, this, that's a whole nother chapter. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> that's a whole nother, I'm, I'm, gonna get, I'm about to get to it. Okay. So, um, so when the stuff with the, you know, with the stuff with the publishing stuff didn't really work out, you know, um, well, so the artist who I was writing for, she ended up not getting signed. So I'm stuck on Universal without you no know, someone who believes, you know, without a point person because they left. So I'm like, dang, another tough situation where I'm locked in, you know. So I decided to move out of Boston. So I moved to Atlanta. Ah. How was that moving to Atlanta? Is he still there? Did we lose Cyrus? Oh, I hit mute. Yep. So I'm, I moved to, yeah, I'm sorry. So I moved to Atlanta and said I was going to keep it going. And um, this is crazy. So um, I'm sitting here like going through the, the financial stress and all that stuff. And I remember seeing a post online and it said, TLC, we're looking for songs. And this is the, this is the, this is so cool. So I, I sent, uh, you know, I, I DM'd them. I said, hey, man, you know, I, I said, yo, I'm a songwriter on Universal, man. I would love to bring some music, you know, to you guys, you know. And they said, sure, cool, come down. And so I came down and I was playing some songs. Um, and I'm playing the music and only Chili was there. And she was like, okay, it's cool. All right. Good vocal arranging. You know, I don't think the songs were necessarily for them, but it was just, you know, just show, Hey, you know, maybe you could put, make me right. I don't know. I was just basically just trying to network, yeah. but she kept asking who's the person singing. And I was like, it's me. And she couldn't believe it. She was like, that ain't you. You like a rapper. I was like, no, <laughs> it's me. She didn't believe it. And she was like, sing something for me right now. In my ear. <laughs> and so I, yeah, I did it. She was like, okay, I believe you, <laughs> you know, and, and then, you know, we, we um worked on one song, you know what I mean? She wanted me to just do like some vocals on the song and whatever. But after the session, she told me, she said, I don't know who's managing you. I don't know who's in your corner, you know, but I'm going to tell you this from the energy I get from what I get. I feel like you still have work to do out here. So don't give up. Don't stop, but you still have work to do. Guys, when she told me that thing, that's when it all changed for me. Cause, you know what I mean? That's when it changed for me because I'd never heard that before. I hadn't. Honestly, I had not. So what did that mean to you? What, what, what did you do when you... That, were- that, so what I did from that point, I stopped writing what I thought people wanted to hear, and I started writing from how I felt. Yes. And the very first song I wrote is the one that Belle Bivdevo took. (laughs) 
<laughs> Which one was that? And it was it was all that there. Okay. It was it, it, all that there. Um, it was it's a little, it was a little urban, edgy, sexy song, but it, it that, that was the first song I started just writing from how I felt. And so my cousin, they were filming the new edition movie, and like he's Ronnie's like best friend and. He's like, yo, man, I'm going to play some of your stuff uh, for the group. I was like, okay, cool. And he called me at midnight. He was like, yo, Cyrus. I was like, yo. He was like, wake up, man. I said, I'm up. Lying. I was sleeping. And he was like, I got Ronnie DeVoe on the phone right now. What's going on, Cyrus? I was like, (laughs) 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 you know what I mean? (laughs) And it was like, man, we love that song, man. Uh, We really want, we don't give it to nobody. I'm like, who am I going to give it to? That's what I'm saying to myself now. (laughs) Ain't like I work with anybody. (laughs) So, so, um, so, um, I wrote that song. Amazing. And, um, then I wrote, then when they seen, I, I could vocal, I, 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 I vocal produce, you know, that's like my thing. And so after they seen how I wrote and how I vocal produced them so well, you know, I did a second song. Then, then they sent me a third song. <laughs> and then on the third song, um, we're in the studio and they're like, yo, we need something like a duet for SWV to come in. And... Here's the cool thing. So when I came to Atlanta, I met a few different people, you know, and I met this one producer. He's Liberian, also from Liberia. This is what Liberians don't know. This guy is a producer. He's one of the producers that did Yeah for Usher. Oh, oh that's awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? That dun, 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 dun. Like, that's him. That's him. Like, that's El- his name is Elrock, James Phillips. He's older, much older than, you know, than us. And um, I used to go by his studio and, you know, and just, hey, what's going on? And so it was just this one day I went by his studio and picked up this beat and wrote to it and never went back. And I played that song. And it was like, that's it. That's it. That, that's it. That's the single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how I did the song with them in SWV. Amazing. And so, <clears throat> so after the after that project was done, one of the guys that I used to sing with, his best friend, um, manages Music Soul Child. Yes. yes. Yeah, and he said, "Yeah," and he said, "Hey, man, um, Cyrus is in Atlanta, man. Won't you try? We have been trying to get me to work with music for so long, and so it was like, yo, Cyrus, you know, get to the studio. So tell me why I'm getting ready to go to the studio and my car broke down, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, yo." So I took Uber. <laughs> so I took an Uber there. Um, my my friend in California, Marcus, who I told you saved my life, took care of that. He said, "We gonna get you to the studio." <laughs> and and I get to the studio, and and I didn't know what to expect, you know. And and when I walk in, music was chilling on his phone, and I said, "Yo, I'm so sorry, I'm late, man." And he told me, "Man, don't worry about it. At least you made it." Listen here, when he told me that, I said, okay, I'm ready to go. Where are we, what are we doing? Send me to the vocal booth. And I went straight into the vocal booth. And that's how we came up with Start Over, <laughs> the song Start Over. And that ended up being the um, the main song on his, um, his project that charted. <laughs> so at one point I had the Start Over song and the SWV song both charting at the same time. Start Over was number 11 and the BBD yeah. song was number 13. 
Now question, start over, you were nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, we, so his entire project was nominated for the Grammy. And so I'm like, okay, I gotta get to go to the Grammys. How am I gonna do this? <laughs> and so, so, I'm, so his manager was like, I'm gonna send you this email, email these guys and tell them you wanna get a ticket, you know? Cause I'm um, so anyway, I emailed him, no response, waited, 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 waited. Like a week, two weeks later, I get this email back random. And I was like, Hey, we have your tickets for you. You know, it's going to cost this, but it's cut short for the Grammy nominees. So I was like, okay, you know, so I pay for it. In the morning I went to pick up the ticket because I didn't think I was going to walk the red carpet. So tell me why I'm picking up the ticket and on the envelope, it said family. And the guy said, family. I said, what does family mean? And he said, did you write on this project? I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, so you get to walk the red carpet, man. Just go in with him. I was like, what? (laughs) And so that's how I ended up on the red carpet. (laughs) And so I, so, so around this time I still, was in my songwriter thing, you know? And so after, so I'm sitting down, finally Kendrick Lamar's performing and I start to get re-inspired again. Like this was the first time, you know, I really had to bug to want to get on stage now. This is the, it's been, it, after you guys, everything I've told y'all, you know, cause at, at one point, you know, I was like, after the situation with the group, you know, with what happened, I don't think anybody would want to deal with me. Like, uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I didn't even get to properly show what I could do. Like, I didn't want to do nothing, you know? And so here I am sitting at the Grammys. Jay-Z's right not too far from me. Rick Ross just walked by with the fly coat and, <laughs> and Kendrick's performing and I'm getting the urge and I'm thinking, what would I do better? If, you know what I mean? I'm, you know, now I'm just listening and, and Cardi B and Bruno goes and they perform their song. And that was it. I said, I'm, I'm ready to go. And I didn't even, I, that was it. I left the Grammys like that. I left, <laughs> I didn't even go to the after party. I had tickets for that. I left, yeah. And since then, I've been on a mission. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I, I, you know what, I'll be honest with you. I'm still so just really impressed with, um, you know, working with Bell Biv DeVoe because that, that album is actually one of my favorite albums. Um, oh man, the, the last one, right? Yeah, yeah, the run album. Man, I wrote fifty percent of that album in my closet right here. <laughs> did you write <laughs> run? Sitting. Did you did you, did you do it? No, I didn't do run, but I did don't go. Okay. I did I did all that there. I did finally and I did I'm better. Yeah, I'm better. That's a dope song. Yeah, so I did I'm better. Your experiences yeah. that you lived through, does it come through in your writing? Like is your writing personal? Oh yes. So, so over the years, what I worked on, what pe- a lot of people don't know, which is I really want to show it so bad, but I just don't know how to get it to people, is I'm able to like write African stuff. I'm able to write raps. I'm able to write pop stuff, and I'm able to write stuff that's true to how I feel. Like for example, like I made a song with Martin Luther King's voice in it. You know what I mean? Like. Like I made a, you know, like when um the guy got shot for selling CDs, I wrote a song called Awake. Yeah. You know, like it's a, it's a beautiful song. Like, like it'll bring tears to your eyes, you know, it's so well written, you know, and I'm like, I just, I want people to hear these songs. 
And so I'm like, how do I do, how do I get people to hear these songs, you know? And so that it, it definitely comes through in the music, you know, like for example, um, like I went through all that stuff that I've, I've gone through, you know, what I do is I can't put it in like a pop song. I can't put it in like a feel good song. So I might mix it up in a rap or something like that, you know, or, you know what I mean? And, and let it, and let it be real edgy, but it comes out very authentic, you know, when you hear it, you know, <clears throat> but my bottom core is R&B, you know, Afro beats, you know, that, you know, that's, that's me. That's who I am. I just know how to, you know, rap and produce and all that stuff. I just know, please don't downplay yourself. <laughs> 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 right. Do you write without music or do you only or do you need the music to write? Um, I can write without music, but you know, I I, I wanna I, I need the music so I can, you know, like I wanna put something together and, and get going. You know, I think let me see, I think this one idea I had, um, I had the beat idea and I went to the the, the guy, you know, the Liberian producer and I you know, we came up with the beat and matter of fact, all that there um for the idea that i came up with the producer we did that together actually so you could say i'm able to write without the beat but i'm also able to put the beat together with the guy with the producer because i started off you know before i got into the um before i started singing here's the cool thing i left out before i started singing um before i went to the apollo theater actually Okay. Or was it after? I think it was the second trip. So after the first trip to Apollo, I started making beats. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. First trip to Apollo. So there was more than Yeah, one. I went to Apollo twice. The second trip, I lost. Like, I was so sick, nervous, fumbling on the words. Oh, that, that's something cool in there, too. So Dougie Fresh was at that event, at that show, right? Yeah. And I lost that show. Now, the cool thing is it all came full circle because I seen him one day you know, in Atlanta. And I said, Dougie, do you remember when, when you was at this show in New York and the dude got booed? Blah, blah, blah. It was me. But he probably seen so many people get booed. So I'm like, damn it, it gotta, I got to make it stick. Hold on, how can I make it stick? And so <laughs> the, the um, album release party for BBD, when they did the, um, when the new edition, the last episode was playing, we were all on stage together. And I said, hey, Dougie, it's me again. Remember? <laughs> and he was like, oh, you know what I mean? So it was cool, man. Like, it was a moment for me, you know? Oh. <laughs> he don't know, probably, but it was such a big moment for me. You gotta shoot your <laughs> shot, you shoot your shot. Yeah, and the thing is, I just wanted him to know, hey, man, you, you saw me get booed, but hey, look, man, I'm on stage with you, bro. <laughs> so I was so happy about that moment. I, that's probably one of my moments. Uh, another moment was when I'm when I met Heavy D. See, um, I didn't tell y'all when um when I was getting ready to get evacuated, my mom told me put your headphones on so I didn't hear like the shooting and just keep my head down as the the, the um the Marines were driving us through the city. Oh. And the only songs and the only music I had in my tape was the Heavy D album. And I told myself, you know, I'm going to tell Heavy D one day, I'm going to remember this moment. You know, when you, I swear the imagination is, um, I'm going to tell him that. And I finally actually got to tell him when we was at the record plant. And it was so emotional for me. I said, oh, man, dude, I'm a big fan, man, Heavy D. Uh, man, I came from Liberia, man, and your music really helped me, man. 
Um, and he shook my hand, gave me a hug. And, but that was it, though. I just wanted him to do that. I didn't want nothing, man. Heavy died in what, 2016? I can't remember. I cannot remember. I can't remember. I tell you, I was sad as hell. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know what? Can, yeah. we, can we go back, back to Liberia really quickly? Yeah. I am an ignorant American. Mm-hmm. And so there's only a few things I know about Liberia. One okay. is the other one is Librarian Girl, thanks to Michael Jackson. Yep. And number three is the slave trade that's going on in Liberia right now. Okay. Okay. So it's not slave trade. What it is, um, so it's not it's not slave trade. I think the slave trade is Libya. Okay, Libya. Lib, li, Libya is a slave trade. In Liberia, what happened was um, the freed slaves that left America Yes. They were, you know, um, they they chose Liberia for them. Okay, that's what so, I was trying to talk about. Yeah, that yeah, that's what happened with that. So the free slaves that went to Liberia, um, they pretty much built the infrastructure uh-huh. similar to America a little bit. Well, if not similar, exactly like it, <laughs> which is why I speak English properly. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's really what happened. And so what happened was the rural Liberians and the descendants of the, you know, the freed slaves from America, the American Liberians, that's what started the civil war. That's that's how the war that's how the war began because of that. You know, one section, one part, one one part feeling like this these got more money and did being this way, you know, and and it went on and that's what started the war. That's pretty much started started the war. That's the stuff that um, they don't teach us here. They don't. They don't teach. They, we know that there was a war, but we don't know why. We don't. <clears throat> they don't teach us. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's 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 what happened. That's that's really what happened with that. Matter of fact, um, my father was jailed because of the um one of those wars, and he was in one of those wars. Um, he was he was a police officer, a police director, and he was arrested, and I think. Before we were born, my mom said he was jailed for like, I think, two and a half years, I think. So when he came out of jail, he didn't even know how to sleep on a bed. He wanted to sleep on the floor next to her. Like, just hearing some of the stories, like, it was so traumatic, you know. Um, how do you jail man, a listen. director? Huh? I said, how do you jail a police director? Um, Because, um, easy. <laughs> they just, you know, anyone who they seem, who seem like they could have power. Right. Or influence. That's all. You know what I mean? So do like, you for think, example. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you'll ever go back? Because, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to go back. I mean, to move, to live. Would you ever um, not, not, Not to move permanently, but probably to, you know, visit and see, you know, because we do have some land there. You know, I'm actually, I may go back to shoot a video with um, this artist. <clears throat> Um, out there, he's like one of the biggest artists in Liberia right now. Few people, I think, Rock Nation is looking at him, you know, and a few other people. Okay. <clears throat> I got like a really big song with him that that has not been released yet. So basically, all the music that I'm about to release, you know, this is gonna be my first really. Eh, this is what I got. This is what I've been working on. Because remember, I never really did all the way step out. I've been kind of in the background. You know, so well, 
two, three. It's time to change. Right time. Two, two, three days ago, I was offered um, to open up for um, for this tour coming up in April. Um, it's called the Living Legends Tour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm waiting. They're supposed to send the information for me, you know, and put it together. But it, this will be my first tour as a solo. You know, although the crowd is is a different demographic, a little older for me. But, you know, it's a good experience, you know, and I may be able to connect with some artists to write for them, you know? You never know. <laughs> Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you. So Claim it. So what do you mm-hmm. have going on right now? What if our listeners want to go and check you out? Where can they check your music out at? Um, they can check it on, have a Spotify, of course. I'm on iTunes. You know, if you type in my name, it'll pop up. I have... What I did was I released one single, which is in the Afrobeats genre. And because I'm constantly writing different type of music, I released this um, sort of mixtape type EP thing. And I call it, you know, Painesville Music Presents Side Project. So the last one I did was catered towards sports. Um, And so like all the songs had to do a basketball, you know, and it's through um, Steve Stout's distribution company. Oh, okay, yeah, I heard of it. And the L.A. um, LA Sparks used one of the songs um, called Youngblood. That one, I'm more rapping a little bit on that one, you know, but it's basically off of the side project, you know. And so that's with that. But I'm getting ready to do two videos to um, my single that's out and the next one that I'm about to put out. Um, Jasmine Burke is going to be... Shooting it for me, actually. Wow. Yeah. Can, can, um, I go back, can I go back and ask you about, because um, I remember last year, uh, Steve Stout doing interviews talking about his um, his new record label or not mm-hmm. distribution company. And he, United Masters. What was that? United Masters. Yeah, United Masters, right. So, so like, mm-hmm. uh, how is that different from everything else you've been associated with? working with us um i mean the difference is i own my i own my masters right um of course i'm in charge of the marketing i'm in charge of the promo and all that stuff all they do is get it you know we use their platform that's what it is you know i haven't really started like really bringing in like the big numbers for them to take a huge notice yet which is you know what 2020 is all about yeah um but that, yeah, that's that's what it is, you know. But it's um, funny. I remember him saying in the interview, he said, "Yeah, we like get your songs placed in like arenas and." Oh yeah, and so that's what they did. That's yeah. what they did. Um, the one of the songs they placed it, you know, the L.A. Lakers, not the L.A. Lakers, the L.A. Sparks. They used it, yeah. and man, it made my streams jump like crazy. Like I didn't like sports. It's real. Oh yeah, <laughs> my stream. It it made all my songs go up. And so I gained new fans from just that one Instagram post. Like, like my streams went all the way up, all the way up. And so I'm like, oh, wow, I can't wait to put out more, you know. And so that's what I've been working on, getting ready to, you know, put all the music out. Now, the surprise is Belle Biv DeVoe, um, I did a song for them, a new one, and it has them and Bobby Brown on it. Yeah. This song is crazy. <laughs> like... <laughs> This this song is amazing. 
and I believe they're going to release it on their um, 30-year anniversary album, like the re-releasing or something like that, or remastered. Yeah. Wow. And so they're going to release this song. This song is so amazing. Listen, I got them singing and rapping. Like, it go hard. So, yeah, it is 30 <laughs> years from Poison this year. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Okay. Yeah, so I'm so I'm actually supposed to speak with him tomorrow to try to you know get try to finalize this one, you know. And one of the things you know it, it's it's been like a little tough to get with the certain artists that I do want to that that I also want to work with that that haven't you know like some of the younger artists at my age I haven't really connected with some of them yet. So I'm like you know what I'm gonna put my music out and that's how we're gonna do it. <laughs> And that's how, you know, that, that's how how we're going to do it. I think, you know, I wholeheartedly believe now more than I ever have. Because, you know, like I told you, with everything I told you, it was a little tough to believe anything. <laughs> I have a, a personal question. Mm-hmm. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Are you in sure. a relationship? Say that one more time. Are you in a relationship? Uh, let's leave that alone. I'm I'm taking the Teddy Riley route. <laughs> I love my fans. He's a looker. And if you want to see him, can you give us your Instagram so that they can see exactly yeah. what you're talking to? Um Cyrus the Shield at Outlook.com. You need to check him out, ladies. So that's 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 the, that's the email. The um the Instagram is just Cyrus the Shield. Underscore the shield. Yeah, Cyrus underscore the shield. He's a looker, ladies. You need to check him uh, out. He's all right. We all have our good days. <laughs> I have my ladies back. You know what I'm saying? Because they're going to be calling yeah. me. They're going to be DMing me, asking me. So I need to know how to answer. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm pretty much excited about it. Uh, what's, what's going on? Uh, Say that one more time. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just a big Velvet DeVoe New Edition fan. So when, when you were when you were working with them, I hate to keep going back to them. But I'm just a big. That's fan. fine. That's fine. Um, was it any? Was it like the movie? Was it just? Was it just Ricky? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I tell you movie. one thing. Because of out of everyone movie. that I've worked with. Them dudes are professional. Well, no, because in the movie, in the movie, uh, Rick was, they were saying it was just Ralph in the booth and Johnny and then Ricky. And then the rest of them would just come in and just do their backgrounds. And nah, then- see, it's, it's a different dynamic because BBD, like the three of them have to work. Okay. You know, so um, everybody works on, in my, every, everybody works. What about, I wish manager? I could let y'all, um, huh? What about the one guy, the manager? Uh, Pain. Uncle Uncle B, yeah. What's, what's his name? Pain. Uncle B's Uncle B's a man. <laughs> no. Yeah, Uncle B's a man. <clears throat> Uncle B's a man, and and that's 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 another thing. I you know, that's what was missing from my group. We didn't have anyone that really loved and cared. Like we have people who will make sure went out on drugs, strung out and stuff like that. But I'm talking about really cared about well-being because if people really cared, they would have threw my behind and make sure I was in therapy 
after my father passed away because they would have made sure of that because you know we um, just just thinking back on how I was you know how what I was dealing with at a, at a really young age like I think I was dealing with a lot and I don't think they noticed noticed that you know even other members were dealing with other stuff you know what I mean like some some dark stuff you know what I mean but you know <laughs> thank God we're alive you know today and the funny thing is you know the music business kind of split us up in a big, big, huge way. But yesterday was the first time, like literally yesterday was the first time all of us were on the phone together. That's beautiful. After, after almost like 10 years. <laughs> Cyrus, you know, I am a huge mm-hmm. fan and I will be looking for you and I hope oh, man. that everything works out and that contract goes through because we're looking to see you on yeah, this Yeah, man. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thank you yes, so much. Yes, and then April, April, I'm opening up for um, Wizkid. I don't know if you're familiar with what he's an Afrobeats artist from Nigeria. Hey. Yeah, and he's opening up for him in Atlanta. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, Do you have yeah. anything else where they can come see you? Um, Where is the venue? I don't have the venue on me, but if you follow my Instagram, you'll see I'll be posting stuff soon. You know, shout out to my management team and, you know, my PR. They've been holding me down, you know. This this is the first time I actually got people around me that you know my my guys. I feel really strong and happy, I love you know, it. and I can't wait for y'all to hear the music. Which songs have you heard so far? If you don't mind me asking. She really uh, your PR team. They really. Hey, I just want to say something, not to uh, deflect the question, but your PR team. They really push you too, because I was like, yo, we just we haven't we haven't set a date when we gonna record, and she was like on me like you know like daily like yo when, when, we, when can we get them on when can we get them on you know so yay i got the jaded remix i got um my side oh, project. Wow. The oh you got the my side project yep see you see the rapping stuff yep yes i got so cold I got yep, one, re- which I love. Excuse me. The remixes. Yeah. Yes, Young Thug. So yeah, those are all remixes. Yeah, those are all my re- little remixes. Okay, and I got um, Nonstop. Right, that's that's the single I released. Okay. Yep. I got You Did That. You Did That. That's R&B. Just, how'd she get You Did That? <laughs> okay. Look, first of all, I got stuff, and I do my research, and I know a few people who know a few people who know a few people. <laughs> what? Plus, my producer is really, really good. Okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, I listen to you on title, so. Okay. Yep. Yep. Nice man. Nice man. The new song right now is the title. Right now, it's probably my favorite because I'm actually using the um, Liberian slangs in it. Oh, we're gonna get to learn a few things. Okay, wait. Yeah. So I, they make fun of me because. I'm black, of course, but I talk basically like a 44-year-old white lady. Teach me. Listen, man. (laughs) Teach you what? Teach me a little slang. Teach you a little slang. Oh, God. What's on your song? What's on your song that I need to to know so that I can listen to it and then know what you're talking about? Oh, my Lord. Okay, so um, all right. So on the Right Now song? Uh Uh-huh. Better yet, I got a better one for you. Um, you ever heard? Well, of course you've never heard this. <laughs> so, one of my songs I got is called Lingo. 
So lingo starts off, I said, you know, you carry, you carry cheese and you'll eat butter. <laughs> you carry so, cheese and you eat butter? You carry cheese you carry and you will eat butter. So cheese is gossip. Oh. You carry gossip and you will eat butter. Butter is like, um, it's like sort of like a, a edible type of mud. I'm sorry. That's what it is in Liberia. Yeah, it's like an edible type of mud. So if you, you carry cheese, you'll eat butter. Or, you know, we say everything compressed. You know, every, you, know you understand what compressed is. Everything is compressed over here. We're good. Or, um, <laughs> let me see. Um, and I'm going to be using it on the show. So. Yeah, everything comp- everything compressed. Or in, in Liberia, um, instead of saying knock, knock, we say papa. K-P-O-W. Papa. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't even try it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we say, quack, quack, quack. Open the door, man, I hear. You know? And, 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 that, and that has something, too, I wanted, I wanted to highlight, you know, because, you know, there's so many different languages in, in Africa. Yes. And, and because of that, you know, there's so many different sounds in music in different cultures so like for example the music you would hear from a nigerian is completely different from what you would hear from a liberian so the music that i'm making is so when it, when you hear afro beats of course it's the it's afro beats but what i'm going to be doing is more on the liberian side you know the liberian culture and because our accents are not the same. Like for example, if you were to hear a Nigerian or a Ghanaian speak, it will be almost like, what are you doing? I've been here for a long time and I've not seen you. Why are you doing? You know what I mean? That, that's, that, that's more of the Nigerian accent. Whereas if I was Liberian, I've been here with you for a long time. Why are you see you? Yo. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's two different, you know, it's two different things. And so in the music, in the, in the music, you know, you know, I, I want to show that, you know what I mean? That's something I want to, I'm really, I really, 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 really want to show. I love it because you're educated <laughs> as well. That's kind of sexy. Yeah. Now, how many different languages do you speak? Um, I, I speak English <laughs> and I speak French. I learned French because I stayed in Ivory Coast. Right. So, but um, because I don't speak it that well, je oublié. I'm, I'm forgetting it. You know what I mean? But okay. je pas français très bien. Je, je pas français, mais je oublié. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm forgetting it. But mais je pas français. Hey, you're speaking better than me. All I can do is introduce myself and then ask you. What hey. You're about, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sing. I also sing in French too. So on some of my songs, I have the French language in there. All right. So I got to ask you a question. Just, just, just us the guys talking so like so, mm-hmm. so like you know how, how, how the ladies been treating you how the groupies been treating you have you been trying to deflect? I ain't got no groupies bro I, I don't know <laughs> you in trouble right now um, I, I love all I love who loves me you know what I'm saying ladies y'all come on <laughs> but no no group no 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 groupies he, look, I'm, I'm gonna save you Cyrus thank you so much for coming to Cherry's World we really appreciate having you <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Don't get I'm so, so glad. Come back, okay? No, because... never, man. Never, man. Ladies, y'all follow me, man. <laughs> Can you do me? Hit a me up. 
Cyrus? Can mm-hmm. you, yeah. Whenever, <clears throat> like within the next week or so, when you're looking all cute, can you get on video and can you say sure? Your, and then can you give us like a drop and can you sing for me? Can you sing that you're going to be on Cherry's World? Yeah. Thank you. Because we'll use yeah. the video drop for social media. Okay, cool. And if That's, you're um, if you're singing, how soon do you want it? Whenever you can do it. When if you're singing, okay. I can get all the girls to watch. Got it. Okay, yeah. Thank you. I'm 100 down, like, and like, I'm a fan. Like, and like when you sing it, like Aww. really go hard and cherry, like you know what I'm saying, like you trying to sing. Yeah, yeah. You know I, I will. <laughs> and honestly, Cyrus, like not to be joking, but like girls really do like blow up my inbox. So I know that when you come on, I'm gonna get every little fucking horny chick on Instagram. And and I'm gonna tell them all, go follow his page. He'll actually write you back. That's all I'm gonna tell. That's you. fine. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. They, they, that that's fine. I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. So much. I, I really. Thank I you, man. And come back, Cyrus. Yeah, I will. I will. I'm. I will. I definitely will. Definitely will. Welcome to Cherry's World. Brought to you by Less Is More Events. Get lime, 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 lime. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around—a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.